This episode of the Incluvi Movie Podcast is brought to you by Wolf Greenfield. Welcome to the Incluvi Movie Podcast, where we talk about all things media and diversity. I'm Kathy Yee. And I'm Mohamed Sack. For today's podcast, we're going to be discussing Shang-Chi and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This episode does contain spoilers for various Marvel movies and TV shows, so just so you know. But before that, we're going to get into our pop culture moment and talk about what's new and trending in entertainment. It's been quite the week of pop culture moments with the MTV Video Music Awards and the Met Gala happening back-to-back nights. Both events had quite the turnout of stars and iconic moments. Lil Nas X took home the award for the best music video from Ontario. As you mentioned in last week's music video episode, his video is quite really groundbreaking for being such an unapologetic tribute to his sexuality. There's not a lot of space for queer artists in hip-hop, so hopefully his success opens the floodgates for many to follow in his footsteps. Yeah, and artists from all over the world took home trophies, including Spain's Rosalia, K-pop idols BTS, and rising star Olivia Rodrigo, who won the Best New Artist. Many of the stars from the evening made big statements at the Met Gala the next day. Lil Nas X had multiple gender-defying looks, and Simone joined the handful of drag queens to have been invited to the prestigious event. One of the major statement pieces was Congresswoman Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez's garment, which literally had painted on it the statement, Tax the Rich. Some feel her dress was an incredibly powerful statement, while others question the effectiveness of making such a statement at an event that glorifies wealth. Both sides make valid points, though it's also important to note the gender aspect of how heavily she was critiqued, which AOC notes in an Instagram story responding to criticism. She definitely made an impression, and what is for sure is that the conversation around taxation and wealth was brought to the forefront by that dress. Hopefully the Met Gala will open its doors to more activists in the future. All that being said, it's time we move on to our main topic for today, Shang-Chi and Marvel. So Shang-Chi, huh? What do you what did you think? It was fantastic. I'm trying not to use the word marvelous because it's too cheesy and such a mom joke, but it's really hard. Um, but before getting into the Marvel themes and arcs, I want to say it had a lot of rich character development and quite a bit of real talk with social issues, but in a funny way. Like Katie's driving, oh my gosh, that was simultaneously hilarious and uncomfortable for me. Um, Yeah, Aquafina, who is just by herself really funny, plays Katie, Shang-Chi's best friend, and she takes over the bus and drives super chaotically. And for me, as an Asian woman... Oh man, what type of driver are you? (laughs) Hey! (laughs) I'm, I'm just asking. <laughs> I'm a perfectly fine driver. Uh, knock on wood. I don't want to jinx anything. Um, anyways, it was just awesome. Uh, what stood out to you? So it's interesting you mentioned the driving because throughout the movie, she was great behind the wheel. And that was hinted to us early in the movie when she took the keys from Sean to drive the BMW. Uh, as Sean was protesting, uh, she tells him that to trust her because she's like the... Agent Jeff Gordon, a famous NASCAR driver with multiple mm-hmm. winning championships. So she was a quick thinker and slowing down the bus, escaping Sean's father and driving through to the village where the film concludes, avoiding the mystical forest. Uh, the film also did a great job in combating the racist tropes that were in the comics as well. 
the team completely reinvented the story and character, which was one of Marvel's racially problematic faces in the 70s when it was first published, and with some source material dating to the 1920s. The film also did get into some heavy topics, such as intergenerational trauma and pain. Shanxi and Sha Ling, his sister, faced really different treatment from their father, Wen Wu. Sha Ling was pretty much ignored her whole life and excluded. Um, and they do say that exclusion can be both neurologically and physically painful, like just mental health in general. Um, and she says herself that she felt invisible. Um, where Shang-Chi, on the other hand, got the opposite treatment, and he had so much pressure from his father to excel in martial arts and, um, yeah, just get vengeance. Yeah, it was pretty harsh at times. To be fair, Shang-Chi put a lot of pressure on himself, too. Yeah, luckily both of them turned out okay. Shaoling is honestly so badass. <laughs> I know, right? She, she, she started her own international fight club with Marvel monsters and all. For sure. And I love how the movie tied back to the rest of the MCU at different points. We have Wong from Doctor Strange, then Captain Marvel and Bruce Banner in the end credits. And Katie comes too. Yeah, that was definitely a surprise. It seems like Aquafina as Katie (laughs) is joining in on the adventure. Um, And that doesn't happen in the comics too. Then there's Wen Wu, the dad, who is debatably the villain known as the Mandarin. Um, So there's talk about this online. Some movie people say that he's actually not the Mandarin. Yeah, yeah, there was a thing with Ben Kings- uh, Kingsley's character uh, of Trevor Slattery, who was the fake Mandarin from Iron Man 3. Yeah, there was talk of how Wenwu was specifically not the Mandarin, and that character was replaced due to the racist overtones of the villain within the comics. Trevor, however, was actually really great comic relief. Man, I didn't know that. And yeah, Trevor was funny. Him and Morris, the headless beast. Who would have thought that a headless animal could be so cute, actually? It has no head. But yeah, I guess that's a Da Jing, um, a real myth in Chinese folklore. But to be honest, this is the first time I feel like I truly love the MCU, now that Shang-Chi is in the universe. I feel like exclusion can be as much a deterrent as inclusion is for dedication. It reminds me so much of what Black Panther did for the MCU and the fan base. Like, having a character that the audience can relate to makes them feel like they're along for the ride. You love to see it. I love Black Panther. Black Widow, however, I wasn't super excited for it, although I am glad I watched it. Uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't too excited for Black Widow when it was first announced. Uh, and the trailer didn't help much either, but after seeing it, it was way better than I thought it was going to be. Also, we got to see uh, Natasha Romanoff as a child before she joined S.H.I.E.L.D. in The Avengers, getting a closer look into her past to becoming Black Widow. Uh, it's been a tease before in the past movies, like The Avengers, when she went to Loki's cell to speak to him. And I'm, I'm really glad we got the chance to explore that character further. Uh, what were your thoughts on the film? I actually literally just watched it. I just got back from the movie theater like 20 minutes ago. This was my second try watching the movie um, as I left the theater early the first time. I'm, again, not a fan of ScarJo as a person. But that being said, I think the film itself was not bad in some parts. Black Widow was really great for certain female empowerment, but Natasha and Yelena kept killing the Black Widows who were women of color. It's terrible casting and such a trope. I agree. That's one trope they could have easily avoided. Uh, What makes this character unique, though, is her struggle with her identity. We constantly see her being haunted by her past throughout the MCU. 
Uh, this film is also a nice way to close things off with this character, especially after Endgame. If you stuck around for the end credits, I think that would that will be followed by a TV show, connecting maybe the Hawkeye show coming to Disney Plus, or perhaps a movie. Pretty cool how the shows assist in expanding the MCU. Shang-Chi and Black Widow are only two of the films in Phase 4. Marvel had a long, quiet spell during the pandemic. But this year in 2021, they came back with one hot film after another. Yeah, and the Disney Plus series are new and cool. I love the series coming out this year. They all have a lot to say in terms of mental health as well as culture and race within America. On top of the Marvel stuff, of course. This year started off with WandaVision on Disney+. Plus. Basically, she has suffered a lot of trauma and loss and has spiraled into chaos. Compounded with her superpowers, that was just intense. Yeah, she created her own world. That, that was dope. Then we have Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yes, yeah, so much to say there. Right? The show tackles race in America with the character Isaiah Bradley, an African-American who was forcibly subject to testing, uh, and the super soldier serum, and why Sam was reluctant to take up the mantle of Captain America. Although he said it was because he felt the shield belonged to Steve, his conversation with Isaiah implies there was another reason. Isaiah even advises him not to take up the mantle and goes as far as saying, they'll never let a black man be a Captain America. But yeah, here we are with a new Captain America movie on the way. I hope Buggy's in it. Those two are like my favorite dynamic duo. Yeah, they're hilarious together. We also have Loki in the What If series. I personally thought Loki was a really great show. His character is very three-dimensional. He's not just 100% and undeniably good like the rest of the superheroes are. There was a lot of depth and nuance. Phase 4 seems to be building the foundation for like future phases by introducing new characters like Shang-Chi, the Internals. Uh, the shows on Disney Plus are also assisting in uh, with the existing characters and new ones. Uh, with that being said, I think the new Spider-Man film is what will expand the MCU even more with the multiverse playing a role. I can't get into the into death with, without going into on a rant about rumors and the, uh, theories, but it looks really exciting. We could talk for hours about this. Thrilled to have so much fun stuff. Next in line for the MCU are the Eternals, as you said, then Hawkeye and Miss Marvel, starring Kamala Khan, the first Muslim superhero in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Hey, talk about inclusion. Uh, I'm a Muslim myself, and that's really exciting to hear. Yay! Before we move on, let's give our ratings for Shang-Chi. For Shang-Chi, I would say movie score 5 out of 5 and movie score 5, also out of 5. What about you? Hands down, five out of five. No questions asked. After a quick break, we'll get into our interview with John Carter of the cast of Color to talk more about Marvel and Shang-Chi. This episode is brought to you by Wolf Greenfield, an inclusive intellectual property law firm based in Boston and New York, offering a full range of IP services, including patent prosecution and litigation, opinions and counseling, trademarks, licensing, diligence, and more. Diversity and inclusion are integral parts of Wolf Greenfield's culture and are critical components of the firm's goals of innovation and teamwork and providing clients with optimal service. They understand that they have a professional obligation to promote equal access to justice, and this obligation begins at Wolf Greenfield, where they promote a collegial and familial atmosphere, set diverse hiring and retention goals, and mentor new team members. Check out their Diversity Fellowship Program, where IP Law Fellows are awarded up to $25,000. 
Carter is an actor, Marine Corps veteran, and diversity advocate. John is the host, along with musician and artist Gerardo Molina, of their podcast, The Cast of Color. It was started by a group of friends back in the summer of 2019 at the University of Laverne. The show discusses entertainment, reviews movies, and converses about the many aspects of diversity and inclusion in media. Thanks for joining. Yes, thank you, Kathy. Thank you for having me. It's, it's a pleasure to, to be here. Thank you very much. I was especially excited for this episode um, to talk about Marvel and the newest Shang-Chi um, and the MCU. I know you all are huge fans of Marvel. Yes, we are. We are. That's that's kind of a big reason why we started our podcast, not just because of Marvel, but comic books. We're, we're huge on that. You know, I've been reading, I've been just up on comic book characters since I was a kid, since before Disney owned the rights to Marvel. So... At, at the time, you know, heroes like, like Shang-Chi, they weren't even being talked about. You know, Iron Man wasn't as much of a household name as Spider-Man was. Like, everyone knew Spider-Man in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's great. It's great that the MCU brings characters like this to the big screen, and we have such great representation with these characters. You know, it's, it's our first Asian Marvel superhero, and it was it's one of the better it's MCU about time. movies. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, it, and it's mm-hmm. a solid movie. You know, it's, it's a it's a great, enjoyable movie. And it's like we're finally getting that representation. But yes, our, our team, Cast of Color, we we love comic books, comic book movies. We love talking about them. That's kind of our Your uh, thing. our favorite topic. Yeah. Oh, that's our thing. Yes. That's awesome. Yes. Just as a bit of a disclaimer, um, I'm only starting to get more into Marvel now. And it's largely due to Shang-Chi. So I would say I'm kind of a baby Marvel fan, not an expert Marvel fan. Um, oh, excellent. Good. Yeah. That's why I'm happy to have you on as like an expert <laughs> Marvel fan your whole life. Oh, you know, you can have a fresh perspective on it because I'm surrounded by so many people who have followed it for so long. It's mm-hmm. kind of a general consensus of the MCU, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And most people I'm around, we enjoy it. So, you know, it, it's good that, you know, you're you're fresh on this on this Marvel boat. It's 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 a lot of fun just um, they create experiences every time. That's what Marvel is, has mastered. They've created cinematic experiences every release, and, and Shang-Chi is, is no different, and it's, 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 it's great. I just I really enjoyed watching this movie. Nice. Um, so, as you said, like, Shang-Chi is groundbreaking for Asian Americans, um, much like Black Panther was for African Americans in the Black community back, um, I think it was three or four years ago. Was it 2017 mm-hmm. that it came out? Um, yeah, Black Panther was uh, 2018, might have oh, been. Sorry, uh, <laughs> yeah, might have been 2018, 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, it, it was. And, you know, it, it's like Black Panther is it broke barriers for for black people. But that should not be the only black story. You know, there are so many powerful comic book characters right. uh, that that are of color. It, it shouldn't just be. I think Black Panther kind of became for a little bit. It, it kind of felt like it was the token for uh, for black people. It's like you know, uh, then she was like, you know, we have our black movie, Black Panther. Boom, you know, it was African inspired, and it was great. It was dope. It was something we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. But there are so many other stories that could be told for black people. Like black people ourselves are diverse, so there should be other stories that right. um, can be told. Uh, so, yeah, right now I'm, I'm wearing a DC shirt. Right now with, um, you know, one of the famous Green Lanterns, John Stewart, he's black, he's a Marine, so I relate a lot to him. Um, but 
what Marvel has done so well is they've blended all these stories together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with the Infinity War saga, they created this storyline that branched out for, you know, decades. And um, I mean, the first Iron Man came out, I was in high school and then there are movies coming out when I was in the Marine mm-hmm. Corps. Yeah. 2008. Exactly. And here we are, you know, and it's going to be well into 2028, 20 years after that. Where You know, Marvel movies aren't going anywhere. There's so many. Um, so Shang-Chi just came out and I wanted to hear your thoughts. What are your three favorite parts or themes within Shang-Chi in The Legend of the Ten Rings? Oh, gosh. My three favorite themes um, or for Shang-Chi. Mm-hmm. Or, or parts. Yeah. Um Oh gosh! I mean, one of my my favorite characters is the death the death dealer, and that was the character who was helping train Shang Chi when he was young. He was the one with the knives. The death dealer was the person with the knives, the white mask, uh, very skilled in martial arts. I, I enjoyed watching. So this was when Shang Chi was explaining to Aquafina's character kind of his background and how he grew up and uh, how he was a trained assassin. That that was one of my favorite parts because. You know, what we get from, from Shang-Chi and Aquafina's characters, we get very, you know, American, Asian. Like, they, in the movie, they keep saying, you know, you're American, you're American. Mm-hmm. But, but, I mean, they're, they're Asian, you know, Asian-American. But, um, so, yeah, I, I enjoyed seeing, that was one of my favorite scenes was just, you know, Aquafina seeing him be trained. Uh-huh. Oh, she was. And, you know, yeah. Aquafina, she, she's, she's very much like a character act. Like people cast her because they know she has this grandiose character. You know, yeah. when she's in Ocean's Age, you know, her small part of Ocean's Age, she still has this presence about her. You know, she's in Raya and the Last Dragon. You know, she does, mm-hmm. she's the voice acting for, for Sisu in Raya and the Last Dragon. And she's okay. just, she captures your attention. So she has this, this she grandiose presence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She does. And I was worried. I was like, I hope her presence doesn't overtake the storytelling of this of this Marvel story. And it didn't. She complimented it so well. And she was more than just funny. She that's what I liked about this movie. You know, they explored different aspects of Aquafina as an actress, not just a funny comic relief. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I, I enjoyed that. So yeah, she had a character art in development, too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, she had a clear arc. You know, she was not there just to be there. And I think a lot of people were worried about that just because they know her presence is is very strong. And I get that. You know, you want to you don't want any actor because actors are essentially tools to the storytelling. So you don't want any actor to overpower or take over too much. Um, but another part, so that wasn't the first one. Um, another part was, you know, I'm going to g- jump ahead a little bit, but, you know, was the the final battle scene, I think, just, uh, you know, with Shang-Chi and, and his father. I, I loved that scene. I think so much happened within that time. Um, and that, that was one of my favorite scenes. And I, I really yeah. think that... It, it was, was you it know, more the it, significance or um, the martial arts or a combination of both? It was both. And we're going to get, oh, I know my third one. <laughs> I can't wait to tell you my <laughs> third one. Um, but yes, it, it's, it's, you know, the last scene specifically, I feel, was less martial arts and more just fulfilling character arcs and, you know, really flushing out characters with the father and, um, and with Shang-Chi and, you know, just the usage of the Ten Rings themselves, you know, when they're battling, when they're fighting, the... You know, they're both able to use the rings. Um, that, that last scene, it was just the action with it. And the father, his acting is so powerful. And it was just so, yeah. so well done. Um, Tony but, learned Oh, yes, yeah. Tony. Yeah, <laughs> killed it. He killed it. And he, I think one of the, the better actors of the entire film. It was just, God, this guy is a 
a, a clear, a professional actor. He's just killing it. And so fluid with his moves and his martial arts. I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, just And he very- turns out to be the Mandarin too. Um, I don't know if you know that whole transition through all of the Marvel films, um, but he yes. never calls himself the Mandarin. I'm so glad you bring that up, Kathy, because I never did call him that. But yeah, he's the Mandarin. And, you know, in, in the comic books, the Ten Rings is, is something very powerful. And it's literally in the comic books, it's actually Ten Rings that go around your fingers. In the movie, it looks like more bracelets type of thing. Oh, that's true. Um, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And the Mandarin, he's, he's Iron Man's, one of Iron Man's arch villains in the comic books. So when, when Iron Man 3 came out and I saw Ben Kingsley as the Mandarin, I was like, that is not the Mandarin. I was so disappointed. <laughs> I left the movie theater with my friend in the Marine Corps. We were like, that is such a disappointment. That's one of the most, it could be one <laughs> of the most iconic Marvel villains. And they lost it with Iron Man 3. They did not do it right. And in this one, they bring Ben Kingsley's Mandarin back. Yeah. And, and I love that. And he, he was kind of like that. a drunken actor and yes, <laughs> like and a washed this, up actor. <laughs> that's the same character he was in, in Iron Man 3. And I love it. I mean, Ben Kingsley, his pre- he was a great comic relief. But mm-hmm. I love how the Mandarin, I love how the Mandarin in this film acknowledges that. And he's like, yeah, you know, this, there was someone who wanted to use a name to create a terrorist and they used the Mandarin. And he, they, they talked about that when he had his kids finally back at the dinner table, he was explaining, you know, the, the MCU Mandarin. He's like, you know, they called this person the Mandarin. He's just, you know, an actor created by some American terrorists. He was like, you know, and then it doesn't even make sense because Mandarin is a, you know, the main language of Chinese. (laughs) So to have him play Ben Kingsley play it. And then I think there was a second Mandarin uh, who was also not Chinese and he was, he was Caucasian uh, play the Mandarin. Right, exactly. And this is a yeah. this is a big villain in in comic books. He is one of Iron Man's arch nemesis, and Mandarin mm-hmm. is a very powerful character. So you want to see this presence, and we finally got it in this. And my my third favorite scene was the first one with Shang Chi just opening up about his fight moves in the bus. That bus scene. We just did. There's so, the fight yeah. choreography that went into this movie is not unlike any other movie and and black widow just came out that's a big action movie very much inspired from action but nothing comes close to the martial arts scenes that were done in shang chi so that bus scene i'd say is what the third third scene that's that's up there for me i just you we finally were able to see his move i mean the way he was moving through the bus the poles inside the bus giving i mean just fantastic it was. You got to yeah. give it up to the stuntmen and the martial artists who really do this for a living. It was great. So that those are my three favorite mm-hmm. scenes. And I, to be honest, love the fact that they had Katie, Aquafina as Katie as a driver, because <laughs> as an Asian woman, there is the Asian stereotype of, um, you know, Asian women being bad drivers. And although yes. the scene was terrifying and hilarious, um, she did save the day, too, um, in terms of her driving skills and, and all oh, those absolutely. It yeah, her worked, her know? character <laughs> was they really kept her. I mean, throughout the entire movie, they made it a present. They made it they made it a point to keep Katie as a, a, a character. You know, even in the post credit scene, you know, Katie is there the entire time. Like Katie's yeah, very she's there I, with I'm, him. Yeah. Right. I'm like, we need Shang Chi is the guy. He's the one with the rings. I mean, <laughs> Katie's a great you know, he needs support. her. Yeah. <laughs> but th- I mean, they make it a point. Like even you know, Wong, Doctor Strange's you know boy, Wong, who's in the movie, um, he's making it a point that he's saying like, both of you, you guys' futures never be different. I'm like, never be the same. I'm like, wow. They, I mean, Katie's character is really yeah important to that, and it's great, you know, because like you say, you know, as an Asian woman, there are stereotypes out there. My wife, she's Filipina, 
And, you know, people have said things to her, but she she's knows. been driving. Uh-huh. Yeah, she does. She yeah. does. And, you know, so um, my wife has allowed me to understand the Asian culture and how diverse Asian culture. It, it's it's incredibly diverse. So, you know, just being with my wife and my daughter being, you know, this very multiracial baby, um, you know, these exposures to different cultures that we're getting through these comic book movies. It's it's great. And it's it's long overdue. Definitely. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think for Marvel fans uh, of the comic books, uh, Shang-Chi is actually not a very prominent character, but Marvel kind of pulled it into the MCU, um, partially to make a statement for like Asian representation and the climate right now. So I think that was fantastic to see. Absolutely. And it's true. Yeah. I mean, Shang-Chi is not one of the most well-known characters, but now he's a household Mm -hmm. name with people. And that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think it will change the way Americans, including Asian Americans, look at Chinese names and, and other Asian names. Um, since, yeah, a lot of Chinese people feel like they have to Americanize their name and like yeah. such as Katie. And yeah, well, kind of I thank you, Kathy, because that's a great point. Sean. That's what and that's what the Mandarin in this was explaining. He was like, there's power in your names. You know, there is in yes. your, your name. There are descendants of people who come from that name, own that name. You can if you want your American name. Cool. Great. I mean. Because some Americans are lazy, they don't want to pronounce uh, a certain dialect, whatever. I get it. Yeah. Like there's there's power in those. And I'm glad that they pointed that out. You know, how he changed his name from Shang-Chi to Sean. You know, it, it's... Yeah, as Katie, as Aquafina, as Katie quite uh, <laughs> comedically pointed out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I love that they do that because that, that's something that, you know, as a black person in America, African-American, and I'm Hawaiian, it's not something I have to explain to people. But, you know, when I go to school... To grad school, some of, a lot of my colleagues, my classmates, you know, they're they're from China, so they have their names that a lot of people can't pronounce. So they they have an American name as well, and that's a specific character trait that not every group of people will understand. I'll never have to explain my, you know, what I mean. So it's just everyone has their own, um, mm-hmm. yeah. And I'm glad they pointed that out in Shang Chi. You know, the names and everything. So in a theoretical practice fight, not serious and just for fun, um, with two teams. Who would win between Shuri from Black Panther, the scientist sister, um, with paired up with Sha Ling, the sister in Shanxi, versus Okoye, uh, the top warrior from Black Panther, and Katie, <laughs> played by Aquafina. Oh, oh gosh. Yeah, so Shuri and Sha Ling versus Okoye and Katie. Who would win? <laughs> oh, gosh. Why? Only because of experience, I got to go with uh, the first two, Shuri. And uh, you know, Shang sister, um, Shaling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. I mean, we see her take over the ten rings in this movie. You know, and we see her martial arts skills. And I love Katie's character. But what I love <laughs> is that she's so she. There was a lot of growth, but she's still growing. You she's know, still I, I a think newbie. Yes. <laughs> she's still a newbie. The other two, they're they're already up. There. She has some help though. You know, with uh, you know, that senior uh, Wakandan. Katie does have mm-hmm. some help, but Akoye, uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. But yeah, I had to go with um, and and the, and Shuri. They they both have brains too, and they just been they've yeah. been at it a little a little longer. But I, I love that question. That that's a great that's a great comparison. <laughs> a great little battle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. I think the sisters would win. Um, yeah, Katie, as as lovable as she is, she is um quite novice. And she would make the fight a lot of fun, though, like just as comedic relief. But yeah. oh, she would, yes, she would throw her hands up and start singing just like she did in the movie, yeah. and it was hilarious, and it worked. It was so good. 
Yeah. Awesome. Um, so probably one more question. Shanchi included and just in general, what is your favorite Marvel movie or series in the MCU? Oh my gosh. What a, what a question that is. If I had to go with uh, one movie that I really you can enjoy. Maybe one first and second choice, uh, if you would like. Oh, yeah. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Um, <laughs> well, one of, one of my personal favorites, and it, it's just, you know, sentimental reasons, I guess, but I was in Hawaii at the time with my, my wife, girlfriend at the time, my mom, but it was Thor Ragnarok. And it's such a, a funny movie to watch. And I it watched it funny. so many times. And it's just, <laughs> it's a much different Thor movie than the prior two. And it's, I think it's one of the most entertaining MCU movies. So that's one of my favorites. Um, but I, I think one of the best is, is Infinity War. You know, Infinity War is, is great. And, and it's, it's, it's so mm-hmm. well done. And, you know, um, it's, it's one of the better MCU movies. So, um, yeah, I, I would have to go with Thor Ragnarok, Infinity War, mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe an honorable mention of okay. Winter, Winter Soldier because Captain America Winter Soldier is fun. That's one of the yeah. that's one of the niche ones. That a lot of these comic book fans, they really like is Winter Soldier. You'll see online Winter Soldier is a fan favorite. But, yeah, those are some of my mm-hmm. favorite MCU movies. Nice. Yeah. And I'm, I love that Disney did this series in 2021, like all of these series um, with WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh, I love Loki. The, yeah. Yeah. Like, it was such a good idea to make, you know, these segments. It was because, you know, in, with 2020, with the pandemic hit, Marvel specifically, not DC, but Marvel, we didn't hear from Marvel for a while. I think the mm-hmm. first thing we got was, was WandaVision. That's why everyone, like, everyone was watching WandaVision. And in mm-hmm. my opinion, WandaVision was kind of slow. The first three episodes just did not take off. It took a while for that series to build compared to Loki, you know, where people are just, every episode is exciting <laughs> and it's great. WandaVision took a And they're a lot hilarious in Loki. Yeah. Oh, they're hilarious. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's, it's undoubtedly the better of the, the Marvel shows that have been out. It's the best one without question. But, you know, Marvel spaced it out and uh, they do it every week and it's great. I think... Some of these shows don't need to be released one week at a time. You know, I think What If could be released all at once, you know, because it's an animated series and every episode is something different. Then it's not a connected story. So I would like What If mm. to be released at once. But yeah, I think the show releases are great. <laughs> and it was, it's a great way to keep Marvel fans engaged because for 2020, a long time, we were just, we didn't have any MCU things out at all. You know, Wonder Woman 84 came out. Um, so DC has something going and we mm-hmm. knew the Suicide Squad was coming out and the Suicide Squad was great. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that was a long time we went without MCU and now they're back and Marvel is, they're just showing us once again why they're the go-to for this comic book genre and yeah. they, they, just, they rarely disappoint. They know their formula. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Um, well, yeah. Do you want to share with the audience uh, how to find you on social media or any projects or cool podcast episodes you have coming up? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Well, you can tap in with us, the cast of color on Instagram and Twitter at the cast of color. Uh, we're going to be dropping our own Shang-Chi episode this week. We're going to be dropping a what if episode. We are available on Spotify and Apple podcast. And yes, which so happy to, to, to be here. So yeah, thank you, Kathy. 
Yeah, me too. So happy to have you on the show, John. <laughs> yeah, this is a lot of fun. This is a lot of fun. I can I can talk this stuff all day. So thank you for having me. This episode of the Including Movie Podcast is hosted by Mohammed Sek and me, Kathy Yi. I also serve as the show's executive producer. Our show is produced and edited by Hazel Boulevard. Special thanks to John Carter for joining us this week. Our theme music is made by Waterboy. You can visit Incluvi.com to see the Incluvi score for a movie and read reviews focused on diversity and identity in media. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram or support us on Patreon at Incluvi. That's I-N-C-L-U-V-I-E. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to join us again in two weeks for a new episode with a special guest. Music